Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. I think we're ready. Are you ready, Steve? This is a live Piffles podcast. I am absolutely not ready. Can we do this another day? Uh, no, it's too late. We're already live. We are live on Facebook. We're live on Periscope, on Twitter as well. This is the Piffles podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. My name is Alex. I'm still Steve. That's still Steve. And uh, helping us on the side, we do have Sheldon over here. He waves. You can't see him right now, but he is <laughs> waving, I promise, with a big smile on his face. I don't know why he's with us, but... Hey, thanks so much for uh, tuning in here on Facebook, Twitter, and of course, across all platforms here on the podcast. We have a lot to get to. Free agency is getting, it's underway. Kind of died off, but oh well. But uh, we'll get to that in just a little bit. We got a whole bunch of other stuff going on. But uh, in the meantime, give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. You can follow me at RealAlexD. I don't know why you would, but you can follow me at Safamod. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash pifflespodcast. Check out, our, check out our Instagram page, search pifflespod, and of course the website pifflespodcast.com. Pifflespodcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Check them out on Skip the Dishes. And we're also a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and of course a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Lots of great shows on there. So uh, we might as well just dive right into it. Time for the opening kickoff. We're here to take all questions, riders, CFL related, so send them in, send them on Facebook, send them on Twitter as well, and uh, we'll answer and uh, discuss whatever you guys want to talk about. But let's get right to the riders free agency signings. So there was a whole bunch, bef- you know, since the last time we got together and, and, and talked here. The big one, linebacker Cameron Judge, one-year deal. Steve, obviously this is probably the, the, the number one signing for the riders, right? Absolutely. I'm, I'm still shocked that they got this done ahead of free agency. I thought at best we were looking at him taking a shot down south or waiting to see what the dollars were going to look like because he, to me, was, if not the number one free agent out there, top five, not just on the riders, in the CFL today. Would you have put him in the same caliber as Willie Jefferson? Absolutely. He's a game breaker and Canadian to boot. This is the CFL where even with the, the extra three fake Canadians, an actual Canadian is more valuable uh, to a team in a position like that. Obviously, Cameron Judge, biggest signing for the Riders. That happened before free agency, so uh, that keep kind of keeps the, the linebackers in place now that the Riders did sign Solomon Elamimian to a one-year contract as well, too. I guess they, they started free agency not really all that close in terms, but uh, they ended up making it work. And the best part about that is it keeps the majority of that defense locked up for next season. Our defense was, was the key to, to a lot of our success. They kept us in a lot of games. And, and having that core, yeah, Moncrief went south, but if we can get him back or, you know, we signed uh, Otha Foster, you move one of the DBs down, there's options there. But having, having Elamimian back as that vet presence in the, in the linebacking core, you, you can't understate how important that is. Otha Foster? Kind of rounding out the uh, linebacking core, probably penciled in as the s- starter at Sam linebacker right now. Didn't play last year in uh, 2019. What are your thoughts on that? Weird. Just completely out of left field. I don't mind it. 
I, I hope that they're not going into camp with him penciled in as the starter. Not because I don't think he can do it, but because we don't know where he is right now. Like you said, he's been gone for an, an entire season. He missed all of 2019. Is he our best option? I don't know that he... It's a weird signing. It's, like It seems like something that, like that this is what Chris Jones would do. But it's Jeremy O'Day making the call. Oh, I never really looked at it from a Chris Jones. Like point this of view. really seems like a Chris Jones move. Oh, let's bring somebody. Well, let's bring somebody back. You know, <laughs> like right, like it's just it seems weird. Um, Why is everything Chris Jones better with a Chris Jones accent? That's just life. It's just the way it is. I can't say his his patented catchphrase not very effing good. I'm, I'm not allowed to say that because we're live. If, <laughs> yeah. we were, if we were in live right now, I could, yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer, um, there may be some bad language. Some of the other names, we won't go deep into these ones, but Albert Awachi signed a two-year deal. John Ryan, one-year deal. We should They should have announced that one on uh, on Valentine's Day. Make, make, give something to all the singles out there. <laughs> that's really good. That's why we keep. That's why we keep you around. Jacoby uh, Cofield was a two-year deal. I think that's a, a very, very good move for the Riders, keeping that continuity on the offensive line. And this is a guy that's. Uh, I mean, he was hurt a little bit last year, but him and Taron Vaughn can, especially with the Riders not signing. Coleman, Thaddeus Coleman, you got your two bookends. So, it's a great move for the Riders. I mean, I agree. Co-sign. I don't know what else to say. Co-sign. Yeah, co-sign. Yeah, 100%. Before free agency started, Ed Ganey back on a one-year deal. I think we were all a little bit surprised. I was surprised by that. I thought if there was going to be any player on the on the team that was going to walk in free agency, it was going to be him. That was going to be somebody that they let go. Especially with the number of quality defensive backs out in the free agent market, if there was a spot where we could go out and get better, to me, that was it. That was the opportunity to do it. Not that Ed Ganey isn't a quality defensive back, but he's getting up there in age and there were some tier one DBs out there. And he's not going to get those 10 picks again. He's, he's not a 10 pick guy that I think that was, I mean, four of them obviously in that one game against BC back in 2017, but, but again, just like Solomon Elamimian in, in, in the linebacking core, having a guy like Ed Ganey back in that backfield is, is good for that veteran presence. You still have a lot of youth over there. Staying on the defensive side, Jordan Reeves signing a one-year deal, kind of a depth piece and a special teamer. So, sure, why not? Nothing wrong with that. Plus, he's fun to watch on Twitter. <laughs> when he's not getting in fights with my <laughs> wife. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, He's on his own, man. I, <laughs> I know how feisty she can be. He's, he's a tough dude, but I don't know if he can handle that. Let's flip over to offense. And uh, obviously, again, Shaq Evans signing that one-year deal. Probably going to give the NFL a try next year, assuming that he has another top year. Before we get into other free agent receivers, obviously penciled in as the number one receiver here in Saskatchewan, do you think, Steve, that this is a number one receiver? 100%. I think as he gets older, and he's get, we saw that first year, we had a lot of issues with his hands. He was dropping passes that you know, my eight-year-old should have caught, the, the little dumps out of the backfield. But last year, he flipped a switch. And he was making circus catch after circus catch. He was Cody Fajardo's number one deep threat. He was still dropping a lot of easy passes, though. But I'll take a guy who drops a couple of easy ones but makes those ridiculous catches that get the fans hyped up, get the crowd back into a game, and and really bring some of that excitement. Because you need that on the field. You need fans out of their seats every once in a while. And he was a guy that did that. 
and he got 1,300 plus receiving yards. I'm going to take Flack for this. I don't think he's a bona fide number one just yet. Just yet. Give it a little bit of time, okay? <laughs> I'm just watching the feeds now to see who's yeah, giving we'll you the see. middle finger. Yeah, I'm getting blocked all over the place here. <laughs> Until he can... He doesn't strike me as a second down and nine receiver. You need nine yards. He's going to do that 11-yard curl, come back, get the ball at 10 yards, first down. I don't see him as that guy. He is that big play receiver and, you know, intermediate 15, 20 yards. We're going to get a lot of those chunk yardage. But just when it comes down to when you need that and the defense is playing so tight on you, I don't see him as that guy that gets that separation to make, you know, a 10-yard curl or an out or something like that to get the first down consistently. He did drop a few every receiver does so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say you know that's all on him right that's just the nature of the game on this team he's the absolute number one but i i feel he's a better number two because now that the pressure is going to be on him to be that number one because last year he broke out as that but now the expectation is for him to be even better is he going to put up another 1300 yards i'm not sure he is and we just actually had a question. I, I didn't see who it was from, but th this is a good question given we're looking at the receiving core right now. With with the possibility and obvious likelihood that Naman Roosevelt is back, is Paul McRoberts the next guy to step into that, that spot? Where are you on him? This is a guy that was hyped up big time in training camp. Got the Terrence Nunn Award. He was going to be amazing. <laughs> Why did he not see the field once? There has to be a reason. You can't tell me it was because of Manny Arsenault. I, I, Manny I was not good that last year. He had, what, two pretty decent games? This is a guy that they could have saved. I know Manny was a locker room guy. He was that G-Roy Simon of 2013, right? Like, that's what he was brought in for, and, and he played that role okay, I guess. But Paul McRoberts had to have gotten the field some point last year, right? You'd think so if there if it's... I. <laughs> Ryder Nation puts so much pressure on these guys out of training camp, and it just never translates. I don't know what it is. We just fell, we fall in love with somebody, and it just never seems to work out. Now, I'm not saying he's not going to work out. Obviously, he hasn't been given a chance to play in, in game situations. Hopefully, that's this, you know, that's what happens in 2020 here. But I still think there's so much ahead of him in terms of depth that he's not going to see the field anyway. I, I want to disagree with you, but I, I can't. I mean, if if he was going to be that guy, he's got the size. He, he has speed. He's got apparently really good hands. He seems like he has a lot of you know potential, and I I want to see that potential. But again, I think until I actually see something. But there's got to be a reason why he didn't make the field last year. Two more signings we want to get to here on the offensive side. Normally, when a quarterback signs in uh, in Ryderville, it's a big deal this one not so much but still comes with a lot of uh you know some good some bad james franklin three years after he was pegged to be the rider starter by chris jones we finally have him on a one-year deal coming in knowing he's going to be a backup i think this is a brilliant move reason being in 2020 this is a great cup year at home the team has to be all in right just like 2013 Cody Fajardo has one season of starting under his belt. If he goes down to injury, then what? Isaac Harker? Are you going to put all your trust into a guy who's played five quarters 
And four of those quarters were essentially against a preseason team against Edmonton at the very end of the season. Yes, he got the job done. He won. It was thanks a lot to Cameron Judge for a pick six, kind of sealing that game and, and really winning that game for the Riders. But I don't trust Harker in the playoffs. If you're going to tell me that, okay, you're going to go up against Calgary starters or Winnipeg starters in the West final, give me James Franklin over Isaac Harker any day. Harker obviously is a guy to develop and, and keep around long-term. I really like the kid. You guys know, anybody that listens to this show knows he was, you know, a neighbor of mine. He was on my walk route with the dogs. Great kid, very nice. I just don't see him as the guy behind Fajardo this year in 2020. If it was any other year, I would say absolutely keep Isaac Harker and don't go out and get James Franklin. But this year, getting James Franklin on a pretty friendly deal, I think, being reported, what, 115 k I think that's pretty decent for a guy who's proven himself and did good in a Jason Moss offense in Edmonton. And I think that's the key right there, is you got a guy who who's coming off of more or less a bad time in Toronto, and he openly admitted this in his interviews, uh, well, I think it was with, C, with uh, CKRM, he just wasn't in the right state of mind in Toronto. Uh, I, is anybody really in Toronto? <laughs> that was a garbage team. I mean, I think given the chance that he's going to come back and reunite with the guy he had the most success with, it, it was the clear choice. I love Isaac Harker, you know, Harker Mania. We've, we've been on and on about it for the last two years, or last year and an offseason. I think he's got great potential. You do not go into a great cup year with a guy who has five quarters under his belt, and none of them exceptional. You know, if he put on some of those uh, Fajardo-like performances where he's throwing 400 yards, looking amazing in mo the majority of the game, okay, maybe you take that chance. But having a quality backup like James Franklin, coming off a year where we saw all nine starters get hurt, it, it was a must signing. And yeah, three years late, but I think coming back, he's going to have the right... Uh, He's going to have his head back on his shoulders the right way. He's going to perform if uh, if called upon. He's saying all the right things in the media when you listen to his interviews. It seems like he, he knows he's coming in as the backup. Um, we do have a question here. Bennett over Harker? Not a chance. Bennett's so if, a great third down short guy, great on special teams. We haven't seen anything from him. You have James Franklin center. for short yardage yeah. and third down, right? Yeah. So likely Bennett's probably the odd man out. But I do um, love what Bennett did for us last year. He was perfect in that third QB role because he was willing to play special teams. Yeah, definitely. You don't see that anymore. He, I, I think he gave himself a shot to get a decent uh, uh, job with somebody if and when he gets cut from here. But I don't think he's uh, going to be on the roster ahead of Harker or Franklin. Uh, going back to Shaq Evans, Tom Pura says, did you not see him make all those catches on slant patterns last year? Yes, I did. Like I'm saying, he's a very, very good receiver. I don't think he's the number one right now, though. Just going back to that. And uh, thoughts on Kenny Stafford with the receivers. This is a lot guy that a lot of people forgot. I forgot he was on the team. <laughs> I think we all did. He just kind of was there after that trade. Was it Christian Jones we traded? Yep, that yeah. was in the Christian Jones trade to Edmonton. And, yep. uh, yeah, he's on the team. I, he, I have him slotted in, in kind of naming Roosevelt's starting spot. Wow, that's... Uh... I, I had Williams Lambert there over over Roosevelt, but Lambert will be there too. But I mean, I think he's the he's the number four unless they go out and make a splash with one of those. Well, Darrell Walker's really the only big one left. That was weird. Two days ago, there was a bunch of big names on the market, and they all went to Toronto. Well, we'll talk about that in in a minute here. Um, the final signing we got to get to 
and I don't know if I've laughed harder at this, and I'm probably going to take more flack for this one. Josiah St. John, offensive lineman back for uh, one more year, was here for three years, was the number one overall pick in 2016. I, I got to ask, sorry, after all the flack you took after your article, are you sure you want to do this live? Sure, why not? I never, I haven't laughed this hard in a long time. When, when I saw that it was announced that Josiah St. John signed, I laughed. This is a guy who got beat out in college by a freshman for his starting job and was still drafted number one overall. When Chris Jones drafted him number one overall, eight other GMs laughed at this. I'm not saying they shouldn't have drafted him. Maybe not number one overall. He probably would have been there in the second or third round. But would have been, this, maybe would have been. He probably would have been there in the eighth round. You know, I remember back to when he was doing his holdout. And people were like, no, you got to sign him. you got to sign him. He was our number one pick. But you look back and why? He wasn't terrible when when he was signed, or like when, he, when he did get playing time. But you can see that he's not pro-ready. And yes, you know, offensive linemen, Canadian offensive linemen, you do have to give them a little bit of time and, and develop and grow. And I'm all for that, especially with a number one overall pick if you're going to invest that. But the guy just, he didn't, he never had it. Yes, I realize that this is a guy who's coming into the season, the 2020 season, at, what, 7th, 8th on the depth chart, if he's lucky. I don't think he makes it out of camp. And I asked you this it, in the car ride over here, and I'll ask you now for everyone to hear. Bigger bust overall. Keeping in mind the number one spot. So, yes, one of them had a better career so far, but from that number one spot, which was the bigger mistake? Josiah St. John or Shamari Williams? Faith Akakity. Winnipeg, D. Lyman, 2017, <laughs> not even in the league. Was out of the league in 2018. But in, all, but in all seriousness, Josiah was a bigger bust because Shamari played very, very well on special teams. A lot of people forgot about that. And yes, he didn't live up to his number one overall expectation, but he was a solid player. And up no one's now. No one's ever said Josiah St. John is a solid player. And yes, Shamari Williams lived or at least had some performance. Right now, uh, Josiah St. John hasn't lived up to any draft pick spot, let alone a first overall. And to me, St. John is the classic token Canadian on the roster. Like, this is, and I hate saying that because these guys are talented. Obviously, if I'm going to go up and pass rush against him, he's going to knock me on my ass. But I mean, right, it's, it's a guy that he has a job because of his passport. Question from uh, from Sean uh, Rider Prider nineteen. Hey, congratulations! Uh, You're going to be a, a father-in-law. <laughs> yeah, congrats to to his daughter Amanda. To Amanda yeah. Um, he says Josiah St. John signed with a guy like Derek Dennis still available. And Derek, Derek Dennis, Dennis qualifies as a fake Canadian now under these I new rules. I love that term. I will refuse to call them anything but fake Canadians. Like I mean, Josiah St. John's going to come in a lot cheaper on the salary cap than a guy like Derek Dennis. So is, is Derek Dennis too expensive right now? Yes, but I also think, and this, I don't mean disrespect to him in this because I really do like Derek Dennis. I think he's a systems offensive lineman. And when you look back at what he brought here in 2018 to the Riders, he wasn't that all-star guy. He wasn't the most outstanding lineman that he was the year before. I think he got masked in Calgary a little bit because they have a lot of quick throws and, and it's not a lot of long reads that they have in that Calgary offense, whereas in Saskatchewan, for whatever reason, even with a guy with a quick release like Kevin Glenn, 
or, or who, you know, anybody else that they had in 2018 that was playing, or Zach Claros, it just didn't translate. Still a very good offensive lineman in the right spot. And I think the right spot for him is Calgary. But it seems like they're, nobody, nobody's offered him a contract. And that's what baffles me. This is a guy who's been an all-star how many times? He's been the most outstanding lineman. Baffles me that nobody's offered him a contract. We've had a couple questions here about, uh, specifically about Thaddeus Coleman. Will the Riders bring him back or no? No. no. And one was, why won't they bring him back? It's simply, they're higher higher on the guys that they've got. And we've seen them go out. They've made a couple of other Cofield free agents. and Bonner, even signings. your starters. They yep. signed Bonner and Johnson, two <laughs> massive guys. And yes, the jokes were coming in they about were, how they had a big they were Bonner fantastic. and uh, a huge Johnson. Uh, but... Uh, Clearly, they were satisfied shedding, with what they had. Shedding some salary there as well, too, because Coleman yeah. was making a pretty decent amount for for an import offensive lineman, especially at right tackle. I'd agree 100%. And, and I think he was okay. I never thought he was that great, especially here in Saskatchewan. He was okay. He was serviceable. He did his job, and, and I think he was fine. But what we have is right now is, is better. Better and cost-effective, especially with the salary cap changing the way it has, where teams lost... Was it $100,000 on the salary cap based on the minimum salary going up? Teams have to make these tough choices unless yeah. you're in Toronto or Hamilton, apparently. Uh, I want to go over some of the names of the remaining, or like the riders' free agents, where they went, and uh, the guys that are still available. Manny Arsenault, we mentioned, still available. He might get a job at the end of training camp, I think, but that might be about it. Uh, Brandon Bartlett, linebacker. He could be a depth piece somewhere. I think we have enough of that already where, you know, they drafted Micah Tights, so they don't really need that kind of linebacker there here in Saskatchewan. Who knows where he's going to end up. Darius Bladek going to Toronto, offensive line. Do you find Bladek and Philip Blake both went to the Argos, rider free agents? Are the riders going to miss those guys? Uh, yes and no. Because they lost guys like that, they had to See, go we out. actually do take notes. <laughs> they had to go out and sign a guy like Josiah St. John, and they're going to have to look at drafting heavily on the O-line to make up for the loss of a guy like Blake and a guy like uh, Bledek. They were good quality Canadians who were likely, well, Blake was probably closer to a starting spot, but not on the team as it's built next year. I think they were 6-7 and seven on that roster, makes sense for them to go out to Toronto where they're going to start. They're going to be starters. I mean, it makes sense on their side. They're not going to get the money that they would get here because they're not going to be paid like starters here. Toronto, obviously they will. So good on them. But yeah, we'll, we might feel that if we see injuries. Because do we really want to go down to that 6th, 7th, 8th spot? Got Shram as 6th. You have St. John as 7th, I guess. Yeah, I'd be a lot more comfortable if we had Bladek and uh, and Blake as six and seven. But that's the the reality of football in a salary cap era. You don't really have that option of keeping quality guys across the across the board. It's just not possible. You can't have those starters as a depth piece. Other rider free agents that still haven't signed anywhere. We mentioned Thaddeus Coleman, Dyshawn Davis, linebacker, Lavar Edwards, defensive lineman. Sam Hurl, I'm actually kind of surprised he hasn't signed anywhere just as a depth piece, even back here. I'm more surprised that Deshaun Davis hasn't signed back here, especially with the losses we've seen at at our linebacking court, especially as a, as a depth spot. This team He's has a, never had a problem finding linebackers. Dating back true. the last 20 years, 
This has been the best position this team has ever recruited. I'd agree with that. You go back, Jackie Mitchell, Reggie Hunt, and they were there for a long time, those guys. And then you got Kitwana Jones while well, he was defensive tackle and very scheme. <laughs> defensive tackle. <laughs> then there was uh, Mo Lloyd, Ray Williams. Like, th this just was always a strong, strong team of linebackers. And, and then you look more recently, Moncrief, Aguavin, they've nonstop for the Foster last 20 years. Foster before that and Foster now, I guess. <laughs> it, 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 that's true, but Davis wouldn't be a guy that would take a lot of money to sign, you'd think. I don't think so. He seems like the perfect man. But again, this is this is the time in free agency where those depth pieces are, are hanging around until the big guys sign. You, you aren't going to see a lot of those depth pieces. Maybe he comes back. Uh, I hope so. Alex Gagne going to Montreal. Uh, they signed all the former or the, all the Quebec players basically just go back home. Denzel Radford went to Toronto. So did Marcus Thigpen. He was released and then uh, signed in Toronto just a few days ago. So did everybody. Sorry. <laughs> Naaman Roosevelt. That one hurts. Th this whole thing about receivers being available is, is so weird. There's so many good receivers still available. Darrell Walker. I think these guys are learning that, you know, the market, the price just isn't there for American receivers. Well, that's why you see a guy like SJ Green go and take $30,000 to play 10 games or eight games in the XFL before he comes back. Smart on him. He'd miss his training camp in the XFL. If he ends up getting, you know, signing back in the CFL, he'll miss training camp there. there. He, he doesn't have to go the through game. the Yeah, he just plays <laughs> the game. But uh, I, I heard an interview with Glenn Suter, and he said, if I'm a GM, I'm not signing SJ Green up here in the CFL. He's going to have 10 games of wear and tear on him already. And at his age, that's not exactly at a his good age thing. at 34. Yes, the guy no. is still a productive receiver, but he's going to hit that wall sometime. And with 10 games under your belt, you're going to expect him to play another 18 plus playoffs. He'll sign. Somebody's going to sign him, and it'll take 48 hours. Maybe after a few weeks and a few injuries, but I can't. No, you don't. You don't leave a guy of his caliber on the market for very long. Somebody will snap him up, assuming there's, like, there's money available. But a guy like Darrell Walker's on the on the market. So his name is Roosevelt. It all comes down to this, right? The, Where does the, Roosevelt sign? Does he come back here? Because you know he made it to free agency last year and then signed one-year deal here. Sheldon says Winnipeg. Get out. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> oh. He went to school with Caleros, didn't he? High school or something? Cincinnati. Yeah. Or, or no, no. Naaman went to Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo, right. Yeah. yeah. I, well, there was a lot of talk about him in Alberta, both with Edmonton and Calgary. I hope he comes back. But he's got to come back with the understanding that he's not a number one receiver anymore. But he is a great second down receiver. Yep. But do we have space for another at number that, two or at three? At that price, no. No. At that price, no. I think he goes back to Calgary. Calgary's lost some pieces. I think he's a good guy for them to turn around. And could you imagine a guy with the right road ability of Naman Roosevelt <laughs> with the quick throwing ability of Bo Levi Mitchell? That that's terrifying to me. He'd be a very solid receiver there. Yeah. I think that's where he ends up, and I hate it. Do I'd you, rather that than Winnipeg, though. Do you want to uh, start looking at what the other teams did? I mean, we could. Got nothing better to do. I mean, it, we only have thirty <laughs> minutes left. That should take us through right. Toronto and Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. Toronto and Hamilton. Let's start with them. That's on a whole separate. Page. Yeah, they got their own. They got their own, got their own booklet novel. over here. Hamilton. Resigning Dylan Wynn, who is probably the best. Free agent they had available 
and that was massive signing for them, defensive lineman. But they went out and signed running back Don Jackson, defensive back Courtney Steven, defensive back Quadarius Ford, and then their linebackers, they went out and got Justin Herdman Reed, Larry Dean, and Patrick Levels to go along with Shamari Williams. Simone Lawrence? Got Shamari Williams. I said Shamari. You brought him up. and <laughs> this, yeah. this is why we don't wow. do live. <laughs> and Simone Lawrence. I apologize, Simone. You are much better than Shamari Williams. Even if you keep ducking our race. And I can say that live now. <laughs> That's what, two or three years two, now? He's, yeah, he's three. That was, at, uh, that was at the first CFL, CFL week. week. What are you afraid of, Simone? <laughs> now that you can see me live, why are you afraid? <laughs> and then they signed Devere Posey as well. A 15-3 and three team got infinitely better. Who gets cut? Somebody's got, like, I mean, obviously, they're, you know, they're, their quarterbacks are on very cap-friendly deals. Incentive-laden contracts, and you really don't have a, a number one declared starter on that team right now. It's crazy to me how both of those guys signed deals like that. They lost Braylon Addison, but he was also not really making a lot of money. They did, they haven't re-signed Luke Tasker, son of Steve Tasker. What? Uh, yeah, if Never you haven't heard that. Heard that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, they're able to shed a little bit of salary there, but somebody on that defense has got to go, whether it's a, a Simone Lawrence, whether it's a oh. Ted Laurent. One of those guys is going to go. If you want to go ahead and send Simone Lawrence our way, just so I can raise him at practice, then cut him. That's it. Could you imagine if the Riders signed Simone Lawrence? Which would which would <laughs> cause Rider fans to backtrack more? The Riders signing Simone Lawrence or the Riders signing Bo Levi Mitchell? Oh, definitely uh, Simone Lawrence. They hated him last year. They should thank him. Right? We have we, we got Cody, Cody Fajardo out of it. That that this shirt never would have happened if Simone Lawrence doesn't hit Zach Caleros. And I hate to see a guy get hurt, but. That may have been the best thing to happen to the Ryder franchise in years. I will say since Darian Durant got injured in 2015. And the only reason I say that is because it exposed how bad that 2015 team was. We saw how much, like how important Darian Durant was, but it just showed how bad the rest of that team was. So what I'm hearing from this is if anybody ser- like important gets hurt next year, it might be a good thing in Ryder Drew history. Bl- Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, nobody good followed him. Okay, Patriots fans, let's hear it. Uh, Toronto. Greg is crying right now. <laughs> Toronto, I thought they did a great job, especially on the D-line. They basically revamped their entire team. Um, but D-line, Drake Nevis out of Winnipeg, Craig Rowe from Winnipeg, Fabian Foote from Montreal, Alex Bazzi as well, too. I mean, sure, they lost Cleon Lang, but they're picking up some very good talent here. Then on the offensive side, we mentioned Philip Blake, Darius Playdeck as well, too. TJ Jones and Jawan Breskison, both Canadians. I don't know why TJ Jones is getting 200,000 without playing it down in the game. And but it's not like he was some Toronto, though. He wasn't some big talented receiver in the south. Like His he, best year was like 189 yards. That that may have been the only mistake Toronto made was signing that guy to a $200,000 deal. And I don't why? buy that he's a ratio busting receiver. No. Not until we actually see something out of him. Yeah, if he if he turns out to be a guy like SJ Green or Darrell Walker with a Canadian passport, sure. But show me something before you make two hundred grand. And uh, Argo's also signing Chris Aki as well, too. The pinball influence. That was a weird way to pronounce that but the pinball influence like do you think that uh, a lot of these signings are because of a guy like pinball no 
Not at all. Really? I think I they think, are. I think a lot of these signings are because Toronto basically <laughs> released their entire roster and and had all the money in the world. They, they threw $200,000 at TJ Jones. Clearly, they were sending money out the door. There was no... That's all it was. Yes, having a guy like him as the face of your franchise will be good long-term. There's nobody out there. I'm Nobody that was a free agent went, you know, I'm, i got to choose between X team and X team. Pinball's there. No, it was... If Argos pinball are offering me 150 grand versus 100. But if pinball brings you in, I want to run through a wall for this guy. You ever listen to him talk? My God. I mean, yeah. If you for the guy, well, look at how hard they pressed on Willie Jefferson, and he went, "Nah, I'm good. I'm I'm taking an extra 40 grand less to to stay in Winnipeg." Yeah. It's all about the money, and it should be. These careers are short. Make your money, but no, I don't. I don't see pinball as having as much of an effect yet as things are being talked about. So let's go winners and losers of free agency. Steve, who did you have winning free agency? Hamilton. And it's not even close. Toronto may have made bigger splashes, but they had to. Hamilton was a 15-3 and team that got better. Somehow. That was the best team in the league last year. Great Cup be damned. Honorable mention to the Calgary Stampeders. I really liked what they did after losing two starting defensive backs to the NFL. They went out and got Brandon Dozier and Richard Leonard. Very good pickups. Low-key, they had a very good free agency. They replaced Rob Maver, who retired, with Ronnie Pfeffer and uh, picked up Connor McGough on the D-line. I mean, the, it's weird to see them even remotely active in the free agent market. And even then, they only had seven signings. Last year, they had two through all of February. Two. And that's, that's the norm for them. Well, they don't go out and make splashes, but they had to this year. And, and good on them, but... I can't call them a winner yet. I refuse to ever call them winners. Losers. Who lost in free agency? I don't... This is tough for me. Because not a lot of teams really have, have hurt themselves. Most teams went out and picked up guys in key places that they needed them. Or signed guys that they had to, like Winnipeg with Willie Jefferson and Darvin Adams. They, and Zach Caleros. They couldn't afford to lose guys in those positions. I don't know that there was a loser. Even Ottawa, who admittedly doesn't have the money, went out and picked up the biggest piece they could in Nick Arbuckle at quarterback. They got their quarterback. They went out and signed Cleon Lang. Don Unamba went back there. Um, and Abdul Kane went back there as well, too. So they did kind of retool a little bit on defense. But for a team that was god-awful last year, they, they needed to do more. They absolutely needed to do more. But they've, they've at least got a good start. My losers this year in free agency are the Edmonton Eskimos. Their entire secondary left, and they basically re-signed a new secondary. Which is fine in theory, but when it comes to continuity, that defense has zero. And you're getting a, yeah. new, and you're getting a new head coach who's an offensive coach. Scott Milanovic is an offensive mind. He's a very good offensive mind. He better hope that he has the, the 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 coaching in Edmonton on defense to kind of mask what this team's going to be doing on defense. Yeah, their defense wasn't that good last year, but you have to let these guys grow together. Justin Tuggle was a very good signing at linebacker for him. I think that was a very good steal for them. But otherwise, getting guys like Jermaine Gabriel and uh, Anthony Covington, Trumaine Washington, that's not going to do anything for him. Josh Johnson as well, too. Decent players, but... Continuity in the secondary is so key. 
and it's so important. And you look at the, what the Riders have. They have their entire starting secondary back. They have basically their entire starting defense, save Mike, Micah Johnson and Der, uh, Moncrief. And we actually didn't mention Micah Johnson going to BC as well, too. Are you surprised if, the Riders didn't offer him a contract? Yes, very much so. I thought they would offer him something. Even, I don't if, they, think even if they were to lowball him? They lowballed Willie Jefferson last year. If they can lowball Willie Jefferson, they can lowball Micah Johnson. I think I think they made a mistake there not offering him something, especially if he signed in in BC for the rumored two hundred thousand. He is worth two hundred thousand dollars. Absolutely. Look at, look at the games where he was on the field versus the ones where he wasn't. Yes, he didn't get the sacks that he needed to to beat uh, Charleston Hughes in the uh, the sack race, but yeah, a lot lost, of those thousand bucks on that. A lot of those sacks that Charleston Hughes, AC Leonard, Chad Jeter got were because Micah Johnson took up. Eight or uh, double teams on eighty percent of plays as a defensive tackle. They made a mistake there, and nobody out there will be able to tell me different. There, that was a huge. Uh, out of all of the uh, the moves across the board, I think that's the only one that the Riders are going to regret. Does this classify as the end of the opening kickoff, presented by Kathy Fashion of Royal Page Regina Realty? I think so. That was a long opening kickoff. but <laughs> Just so much going on in the CFL right now. Um, one thing I want to flip to really quick, the Edmonton Eskimos will not change their name. It was uh, you know thought that they were going out and uh, going to change their name to the Empire, which they still have a lot of stuff trademarked under Empire. I'm not sold on that, on that yet. They're not changing their name yet. yet. I think something's going to happen eventually. Just not going to happen right now, obviously. A year of due diligence and uh, and speaking with, uh, you know, Inuit leaders and officials and, and really kind of getting down to it, I think is a, a very good thing that they did. And it, obviously, talking to that many people, it doesn't seem to be that big of an issue. I, I so that's wonder, good. I wonder, and we may take a little bit of flack for the report from last year. And we were we were adamant that it was not imminent. It was a long-term plan. But I wonder how much the backlash over that report and the, the fans were not happy with that report. They were upset that the Eskimos were looking at changing their name. I wonder if that played a part in their decision to, to keep the name. I know it's a smaller scale, but in Regina, the Balfour Redmond changed their names. And I know, obviously, the NFL, the Washington Redskins, they're not changing their name. And owner Dan Snyder has been adamant he is not changing the name of the team. I get the whole branding thing and the marketing thing that they've built over how many years, but at the same time, it's a logo, it's a name, it can change. Yeah, and people will take to the new name in a season or two. You'll have the, you'll have the fans that that fight it, and that that makes sense. It's it's a history, but if it ever happens, and I still think it happens, five years, ten years. I'd say less than five. Do the uh, Edmonton season ticket holders have to, like, do they get a say in this? I think before it happens officially, if it does, if they do go that route and decide to restart this process, I think they, they bring in the, some season ticket holders to survey, like the riders do every year now with their, what would you like to see change survey? And they'll say, are you Not satisfied? Mark Johnson. Why? <laughs> he was great. Yeah. 
Oh, the in-game host? disagree with you. I, I know Chris did I on, I, on Twitter, but I thought he did a great job, and I'm not somebody who really cares about the in-game atmosphere, like what what they do on and and throwing up on the big screen. Like I don't care about that stuff. I'm there to watch the game. I want to see more replays, but I understand that they're also going to go into the crowd and do a whole bunch of stuff, and that's great. You're catering to somebody who's not going to be there every game. I'm like trying it. to draw them back. I think he's great. He, I love he brought him. a new like love. Absolutely, he handed me two hundred and fifty dollars. Of course, I love the guy. Oh yeah, all right. Why? Why wouldn't I? No in-game host before him well, ever you given don't love me, me anything, then, right? Yeah. Okay. Much, yeah. yeah, yeah. My, my love so is for sale. Two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Okay. It's cheap. There you go. If you want to buy Steve? It's uh, two hundred fifty. Pretty sure bucks. my wife is watching right now. Hi, honey. <laughs> pretty sure my wife is not. <laughs> I want to get to uh, a couple other questions here um, that we had throughout the week. And I kind of brought this up in an article, and it was based off a question that we got. Would you guys go all in for 2020 for the Riders, just like they did in 2013, even if it meant the team sucked for a few a few years after? 100%. I was actually surprised with how many people did say yes. I thought it was probably close to about a 75-25 split saying yes. I would give up a couple years of suck to have this team win at home again. And looking back at 2013, just remembering how cool it was being around your season ticket family and your you, just being in your seat that you were there for for some people 60 years. I was in there for 10 years, I think, by the time that uh, that they won in 2013 in those seats. But just being in in your home, that it doesn't happen all the time. I'm the exact opposite on this. You know, it, it was special to win it at Taylor Field because that was, to me, that was the home of Ryder Nation. That was where everything happened. I don't feel that with the new stadium. To me, walking into Mosaic Stadium is just walking into a stadium. There's no, I don't have that connection it's to it It's not home yet. yet. It's not. And it, it will be. And you know what? Winning the Grey Cup there would probably go a long way towards having that feeling of home. I mean, my people around me, the guys behind me have been the same since the season opened, but the people beside me has changed every single year. I didn't have that at the old stadium. We sat around the same people from 2009 to when, was it, no, 2007, sorry, until the stadium shut down. It was the same core group of people, and it was a family. I would rather see this team go for long-term success. I want to be a team like the Calgary Stampeders have been for the last... 15 years, years, right? Like where they go into a season knowing they're going to host a home playoff game more often than they're not. How good would that feel as a Ryder fan? I love the credit for towards my season tickets the next year, every year. That's great. I'd rather spend that money and go watch another game of football at home for a playoff spot. Unless it's against Winnipeg, so we just seem to lose those. As much as I do want the sustained success, and that's what this—that's what Craig Reynolds is preaching, and that's what I think this team is is gearing towards. This is a team that has won their final game in the playoffs four times in 110 years. Four times. Who knows when they'll win again? But the Winnipeg didn't win for 29 years, and they have let us hear about it all damn off season. They, they earned that. No, they 29 didn't. years of suck. I mean, the Riders had like 56 years of suck. I'm sure back in 66, they were around 
tell Bombers people fans, how great they were. Bombers fans are going to be so unbearable at, at Banjo Bowl this year. Even more and so. Labor Day. That's going to be so much fun. Oh. So much fun. Now that they're actually, I guess we can say it, they're a good team now. But but you said it You said it exactly right. We've won four cups in our history. I would rather... I don't know when they're going to get their fifth. Give me that fifth now. Even if it meant they suck for a couple but it, of years. But if I you're aiming that. towards sustained success over a longer period of time versus... Go throwing all in on one year, especially when you've got a team like Hamilton who looks like they're built to beat anybody. I don't know that this is the year you can go all in. Hamilton looks like they've done that. I don't want to throw away the the success that we've earned over the last few years on a one and done. I mean, yeah, it'd be great if uh, if the Riders ended up, you know, winning the cup at home. That there's no feeling quite like that. Alex is just scrolling, realizing scrolling that through. we've uh, completely missed, missed all the comments on. <laughs> oh, Greg, oh, get out of here. Tom Brady is a god. No, Tom Brady is not a god. But, I mean, which would you rather have? Knowing this team is going to be good for five to ten years? Or I want the team to be winning. good for a long time. I really do. But based off 110 years of history, it's not going to happen. Give me the championship at home. I mean, if you can guarantee me one right now, if you tell me we'll give you a championship right now for the end of the year. But 2021 but and 2022, you're going to suck. You're going to be 3-15 and 15 both years. Would you 100% take that? I would take that. That's different. That's guaranteeing. You can't guarantee in professional football. You can go all in and hope. But what's going to happen? You look at Hamilton right now, how much they've brought in, and their salary cap has to be... They they gotta be close to the cap. They gotta have to cut people come uh, training camp. If they lose, there's no room there for big raises for for guys next year. And their quarterback situation, they're not gonna have that cap friendly deal for uh, for years, right? Like they're going all in this year. It could hurt them in the long run. But they've gone 20 years without a cup. So I get it. We haven't. It's been seven. Calm down. It's too long. I mean, one is too long, but, and Greg... It was know. a good discussion. There were some really good comments on that, and, and there's, I think there's I think there's good conversation on both sides of it. I, I, gotta, I gotta say to Greg, no, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers do not lose free agency when they, uh, when they lost Chris Trevler. They may have won free agency by getting rid of him. Guy made he, the show. He went to. The, I was just going to ask still, you, Chris Trevler going down to Arizona behind Kyler Murray. He is still, to me, the most overrated player in the league from last year. Taysom period. Hill. He's a Taysom Hill clone in but New he can't Orleans. Throw. He can throw the one pass he needs to. Maybe. He threw a touchdown in the Grey Cup. Yeah, Hamilton had given up by then. It was after the opening kickoff. Yeah, so. pretty much. That's what teams are looking for, though. They want that Taysom Hill clone, that guy that can do everything. I get and, it. and he's a. Taysom Hill was a cheat code for the Saints. I would have used him a little bit more than they did, especially a guy like Sean Payton with how genius he is. But that's what they're going to try and do in Arizona. I don't know if Bruce Arians is the guy to go ahead and do that for Good. him. But him, him and his fur coat can go enjoy Arizona. It's going to be so hot down there. My God. Um, so uh, Rory brings up a good point. Winnipeg still needs a backup quarterback. They are making a huge mistake. And somebody we were talking with about uh, Derek Taylor's ratings this year. Uh, he released his way too early power rankings again, which I should. Your wife uh, is watching, by the way. Ah, perfect. Um, and he had Winnipeg ranked number three, and and somebody said, you know, is Winnipeg too low? They won the cup. I said, well, no. First of all, they were a third place team in the West last year. 
But more importantly, they're going into the into the season with an oft injured quarterback and nobody behind. They got Sean McGuire behind him. And for anybody not in Winnipeg saying who exactly, who knows who that if that guy's any good? He's going to be their favorite player a couple weeks into the season. James he's Franklin's their already our favorite player. Now people love Cody Pedrero. It might be the first time in history the starting the quarterback starters. is the favorite. This is weird. <laughs> Oh, we got a question there. Steve, can you... Uh... Is Cody Fajardo good enough for the Riders to not need to go all in? No, I don't think he's there yet. He is a good starting quarterback, but he's not yet at the tier of a Mike Riley, a Bo Levi Mitchell. He hasn't shown that yet. I feel bad saying this as I'm wearing <laughs> the shirt, Yeah. but I think last year, as good as Cody Fajardo was, you take almost any other season, that's an average season. That's a fifth or sixth best quarterback season in terms of touchdown passes, in terms of yards. You're not going to have another season where every single quarterback gets injured. You're not going to see that. That I think to, last year was such an anomaly that with how many guys missed games, Cody only missed, what, I guess part of the first game because he got uh, got concussed in the first game, but then he, and then he missed the last game with the, with the torn oblique and... To, How to he played me, the playoffs with that is beyond me, but the guy's tough as hell. And uh, but the, his style of play, rolling out all the time, and anybody that listens to this show knows that I'm not a fan of how he rolls out of the pocket and turns his back to the play. Just throw the damn ball away, Cody. It's gonna get him hurt. To to me, the biggest factor in in Fajardo's success isn't necessarily throwing for 4,500, 5,000 yards, anything like that. You're not gonna. You don't need him to do that for the riders to be as good as they were last year. Where he is a top-tier quarterback is those fourth-quarter drives where he seems to have the closure of a seasoned veteran. He was very clutch. I mean, we were a a, a field goal post away from a potential Grey Cup berth because he had the ability to lead us down on multiple occasions. Sheldon has a question. Do you want to just say it out loud? I don't know if you can hear me. What will Jason Moss do for Fajardo? What will Jason Moss do for Cody Fajardo? Coach him. Thanks. Offensively. He's going to be a very good coach for for Fajardo. I think we're going to stop seeing a lot of that roll out and not forcing him to be a pocket passer because if you force Cody Fajardo to be a pocket passer, yes, he can make all the throws, but he's not the same quarterback. He needs to be able to run around. Do you and, make and Tracy Ham a stuff. pocket a pocket quarterback? No, you no. say, Tracy, take the snap and do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. I'm excited to see what Jason Moss is going to do with Cody Fajardo. Steve Walsh was great, but this we now know what Fajardo has in terms of talent. We didn't a year ago. Yep. Now you know what he has to build around. And, and Jason Moss has shown an ability to lead young quarterbacks. I mean, what was the last time a QB had a bad season under Jason Moss? I mean, other than... I mean, even last year, Trevor Harris not so great inside the 20s or outside of the 20s between the 20s he was great but that that's as bad as it gets i mean he's been he's been great with everybody he's been with and fajardo is young and ability to his uh, ability to mold a guy will be instrumental this year i think he'll take that next step to the point where he's maybe not bully by mitchell or you know mike riley talent but just below that he's the top of the next tier with potential to get up there, in my opinion. 
Your humble opinion? That's Is that a humble, humble opinion? My correct opinion. I'm always right. Um, Steve, could you uh, explain why you hate Straveler so much? I just, I I found... He stole, him... he stole your fur coat and cowboy hat? <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, especially at the start of last season, and as he, as he played, he was exposed. He did not look anywhere near the guy that we saw the first three games of 2018, where he looked... He looked like a quality starting quarterback because teams didn't know what to do with his running ability. But once you take that away from him, he is nothing more than an average quarterback to me. And don't give me the banjo bowl stuff because the Riders crap the bed half the time in that game anyway. Yeah. No, he, he's he's prone to having good games and he can be a good quarterback on occasion, but he's never going to be the guy that you want to build a team around. And that's what he, that's what fans were, were touting him as, is this, this number one quarterback. Like, no, he's a running back with a half decent arm throw him have him and, and Andrew Harris in the backfield with an actual quarterback that'd be a better use of his talent than putting him behind center and telling him to just run every time I don't know how teams let that happen I mean Calgary couldn't stop it in the semifinal last year like nine times they out knew of ten, it was happening nine times out of ten if he was behind center he was running the ball yeah you may get burned once in a while for that throw if you play that run worth it because he can't throw. It's not personal. I have no issues. I've never met the guy. I don't. I don't care about him as a human being. That sounds. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. <laughs> I, I have no issues with him. I have no ill will towards him as a human being. I just find him to be the most overrated player this little league has seen in years, and I don't know why. I don't see it. I never have. Johnny Menzel says hi. He was never overrated. He was just bad and talked about because he was a name. Nobody thought he was a good quarterback. People just liked him because his name was Johnny Manziel. He was Johnny Football. He was the big college QB. You see those guys coming out of out of college all the time. Who regrets jersey pick more? Or like, who regrets getting their jersey done more? People in Hamilton or Montreal who got Johnny Manziel jerseys? Or Ryder fans who got Vince Young? What about Ryder fans who got Keith Toaston jerseys? He played, at least, though, right? I mean, one it was game. for Calgary, but no, he played one game. For the one Riders, game, and then season. one game in Calgary. Started his old, his first rushing was a rush was a sixty plus yard rush. That was a, that was a great thirty seconds. I enjoyed that. That was all we ever heard from him. Uh, both both were bad decisions. <laughs> um, I want to throw uh, something different at you before we get to your tweet of the week. Um, the XFL starting up um, actually earlier today. Matt Elam, uh, former rider, was on. He's on the DC Defenders. Ended up getting an interception, so uh, he now has an interception in the NFL, XFL, and the CFL. It's a guy I wish could have stuck around here. Not really sure what happened, but he got put on the suspended list. we, we got to get him on the show one day. Just say, why? Where, where'd you go? What, what happened? happened? I want to know what happened. But anyway, the XFL, they're into week two. Did you watch week one? Absolutely. Three, three of the four games. Thankfully, I didn't watch my own team's games because that was awful. I'm what a Vipers did, fan. What did you think of it? I didn't get the chance to watch any games. I was busy doing some other things, but I, I, I wanted to watch. I just wasn't able to. I, I actually really enjoyed it. They, they made it more CFL style. They're clearly trying to push the offense. You know, you look at the uh, the sing, like the convert attempts switching from. Uh, kicks to 2, 5, and 10 for one time, 2 and 3 points. I love 3 points. That's, That's fantastic. Awesome. Nobody did it. Nah. Yeah, I don't get it. You're down, you know, team scores a, a touchdown, doesn't get the convert, 6 points. They kick a field goal. You only have to score once to tie them? That's great. I To me... But nobody did it. 
to me, if you're an XFL coach, you should be going for two every time. Yes. If you can't get five yards, you're not getting two yards. And to me, they seem like the same split. I love that rule. I love the kickoffs. It's a different. It's a, a different look. I don't think we saw any of the the double forward passes. I'm no. anxious to see one of those actually happen. Could you imagine the CFL with how many screen passes get thrown? Like those, uh, not screen pass. Yeah, the, the, like the bubble, bubble screens, passes, right? Yeah. How many of those, if you could turn around and bomb it the other way, if you had a, a decent quarterback or a decent receiver who could throw the ball, like like we used to do with uh, uh, Nick Marshall, when yeah. we bring him in for short yardage and have a QB out at the receiver spot. Could you imagine how much fun that would be? I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. it, and I want to see it succeed. I don't think it's going to hurt the CFL. I want to see it go into at least a couple years. I think they'll actually get... Vince McMahon is stubborn, so they'll at least get to their championship season or to their game instead of the AAF last year. But um, I I hope it sticks around because it just gives us another option. Now, I'm also somebody that... I'm not expecting a lot out of it. I just want a little bit of entertainment. I recognize some of the names. That's cool. Eli Rogers is on one of the teams, spent three years in Pittsburgh. He's on a fantasy team of mine once. So I, I have, you know, an investment into the league already just based off that. This league is just filled with a bunch of fantasy football busts. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> is 12 months of football too much, though? My wife would say yes. She probably will <laughs> in the comments in a minute. No. Give me more football. Always more football. Uh, Tom actually just said uh, DC tried the three-pointer today when they were up 27 nothing with under two minutes to play. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love, I love the balls great. on that. Why Can not, anybody right? watching tell me the score of the uh, the Vipers game? I wonder if my, my Vipers have finally scored a touchdown. But t- Are they really? up against Seattle today? I don't know. Is that the is that the matchup? Not, that's my team. I'm a Dragons fan. I'm not as pumped up about XFL enough to know who my team's playing. I just know they're playing. <laughs> I'm getting there. Roughnecks. Sheldon's Roughnecks. a Roughnecks fan. All right. I couldn't do it as a... As a, as a Saskatchewan Rush fan cheering for a team called the Roughnecks, just like cheering for our team called the Renegades. Oh, and that three-point convert try was also a double forward pass incomplete. Oh. We're going to have to go back oh. and watch that because that sounds awesome. Tom, I love it. You're, uh, you're telling us this here on Facebook, so uh, all right, did, it, D- did it at least look cool? Because that's all I'm here for. The DC Defenders might now be my... Uh, oh, it is Vipers and Dragons, by the way. Your team sucks at football. Your team sucks more. I mean, we didn't score a touchdown last week, so... Yeah, at least my team did. Yeah. I'm disappointed Tressman didn't go out and get SJ Green. Especially well, after he was coaching with them in the offseason. It was the waiver thing. What I find weird about the XFL, and I, it's actually kind of intriguing in a bit of a way, they have what's... Uh, we only have a, about a minute or so left here. Um, and we got to do your tweet of the week, so we'll do that really quick here. They have a ninth team, which is the practice roster, which serves for every other team. So you need a guy that, you know... To replace an injured guy, you just pull it off this Texas team or whatever we, is. We can go into overtime a little bit. There's nobody after us. Oh, okay. Well, In fact, we'll we, can, we can spend all day if we want. I got things to do, like not hang out with you. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I have nothing to do. Oh, you got to hang out with you? Yeah, oh. I got to hang out with Man, me. that sucks. That's, yeah, it's, it's a pain. <laughs> I got to go home and watch the Vipers game. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, DC did complete, complete a double fat. A double forward pass earlier. First pass was a shovel, and the Vipers are still scoreless with the Dragons. So I'm not shocked. Um, Steve, why don't we get to your CFL tweet of the week? You said uh, you you searched long and hard for this. You know right? what? I did have it, and I wrote it down. I left that book at home, and my phone's currently acting as a uh, uh, as a uh, periscope camera. But my tweet of the week goes out kind. Of, it goes out to a story, and it, it's kind of a, a middle finger to the 
the fan or the uh, organization that I love to hate the most. Steve, pick up ricotta cheese on your way home. You got it, dear. Um, so the the story goes back to Bell Let's Talk Day. For anybody who knows, uh, Greg, our our fellow uh, co-host, was blocked by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, social media team on Twitter for probably for his comments regarding Andrew Harris. Probably. I mean, you never know. Maybe it was an accident. Well, we know it wasn't an accident now, but you know. So, on Bell Let's Talk Day, <coughs> there were there were a lot of deals being made. For instance, at some point, I have to uh, hook up with uh, with Gloria and wear a uh, Calgary Stampeders jersey. I've put that off, but it will happen. But one of the deals that was made was uh, was Greg uh, has to offered to make a hundred dollar donation to charity in exchange for being unblocked by the bombers. And I will give the bombers credit within. 15 minutes, he was unblocked. And as I believe uh, Greg has gone ahead and made that donation. 48 hours later, <laughs> he noticed he was blocked again. So if you ever notice him uh, quote tweeting, he uh, he constantly calls them the Winnipeg Blue Blockers, which I love that name. But the tweet of the week this week, after all of that, goes out to his Valentine. And I wish I had it in front of me because I can't remember exactly what it said. But it was in response to we'll get the our, bombers. Our uh, over here, oh yeah, there we go. He'll take a look here. It, it was in response to the the bombers putting out an Andrew Harris, uh, basically a middle finger to their to his haters, and we'll bring it up here in just a second. But it, it was a very clear shot at. We talk too much in here. What's that? <laughs> Said we talk too much in here. I have to, <laughs> I have to scroll. We're scrolling, scrolling. Just go go to Greg's Twitter uh, Twitter feed. Because he quote tweeted for some reason. Joe Lazito says, uh, "Greg, greater sign bombers." Right, and I mean, I I kind of respect the pettiness from the bombers to go back two days later and block him again. I love that. That's I, funny. I kind of got some respect for the bomber social media. It's a dick move. They did a great but job. It's a of, funny uh, dick move. Free agency stuff too. So his Valentine was, "Your love gives me a boost." Wait, the CFL doesn't test for that, right? I, I don't usually laugh at these Valentines. <laughs> Greg, that one was absolutely chef's kiss. It was it was a solid. And for some reason, he can quote tweet them. If somebody tags Greg in a tweet, like quote tweets the bombers, he can see it and respond to it. So I don't know. It's weird. Twitter's weird. But kudos, Greg. You get tweet of the week this week. I should take a page for the blue bombers and yeah, block Greg. Why don't we? He doesn't show up anymore. That is a great question. I think he's been at one episode since uh, the season ended. Part-time fan. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I don't know. But I think that's pretty much going to gonna do it for us here on uh, episode 145 of the Piffles Podcast live this time for... I don't know why. You it's, thought it was going to be a good idea. I thought it would be fun. It Give was fun. Shot, that right? was pretty cool. And, and guys, if you enjoyed this, if you want to do us to do it again, let us know. We're curious how it looked from the other side because, I mean, this isn't much different than how we normally record. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Except we don't swear as much. And yeah, you don't have yeah. to edit it later. Yeah, exactly. So kudos to me. There you go. This is great. On the Less plus work side, for me. On the plus side, they would have never known you mixed up Simone Lawrence with Shamari Williams. So Both are okay football players. One of them would probably race me for real. <laughs> and it ain't Simone. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in on Periscope, on Facebook, as well, too. Um, 
give our pages the old uh, thumbs up and likes and everything like that. We do appreciate it. Thank you for interacting with us. A lot of fun with all the comments here. Piffles Podcast, of course, brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty, Churchill Brewing Company for their support, making this show possible. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. We have uh, one more song for you before we go. This is Tyler Gilbert, Ghost Behind Your Mind. The Ghost Behind Your Mind.